Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this episode we're recording live from our suite in the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas. And so if you have a, we might have a little sound inconsistencies and things may go up and down. Uh, but bear with us and just know we're trying something new. We're trying to bring some, some live flavor to the show. Um, and so just enjoy the show, sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to a Myths and Men podcast, recorded live in Atlanta, Georgia. On this show, you enjoy candid conversations for men, by men, about men's issues with an amazing twist. By exploring the arts, music, games, and film, our aim is to help men better understand themselves and navigate through life's daily challenges in order to become happier and more successful. I'm your co-host, John Parker. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Daniel P. David. And this is of Myths and Men. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am John Parker. And I'm Dr. Daniel David. And this is of Myths and Men Podcast. We are live and direct in our hotel here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're actually feeling very Egyptian this morning. Yes, I have my Egyptian cotton and there's a sphinx running around right. here somewhere. Somewhere. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, we're here because we're at the Star Trek Convention 2017, Star Trek and you have to excuse me, I'm probably going to say track a lot, so I'll have to make sure that I definitely say trek, 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 trek. We're at the Star Trek convention. So I guess our listeners might be hearing the background um, noise, and I think it's really fitting for the Star Trek fans out there, especially when we think about the Enterprise and, and the ship itself. So if you hear this humming in the background, and if you look at our pictures, it looks like we're in the captain's uh, quarters, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, actually it sounds like the humming of, uh, of the starship in the background. So just play along with us, kind of, you know, think of it as we're in the ship and we're here to talk about Star Trek, all things Star Trek, and especially the psychology of Star Trek, because we learned a lot as we were going along in this uh, convention. Oh, yes, yeah, it was a wonderful journey, man. We, I didn't realize myself how much this show meant to people um, oh, yeah. of all generations, ages, uh, ethnic backgrounds, culture stuff, and just the, you know, just think through how this show impacted men, especially, like we said, like Dr. Davis said, the men's psychology and just the different characters and different roles and different episodes, learning so much about each individual episode, and it's just a, it's just a lot to be gained from this, this, this show and the set of movies uh, that has come from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we have two guests here today. Uh, these are my long-time friends who are also therapists. And so I want to introduce um, my friend uh, Vahid. Can you just say hello for a second? And, hello to everyone. And then we have Bruce here. Um, he's also a friend and a therapist. And can you just give him a shout-out here? Yes, hi, guys. It's good, good to see you both here. Yeah. Yeah, um, we, we, we invited these guys in because they're experts in their field. Not only are they Trekkies to the maximum, but right. they're experts in the field of all things therapy and right. counseling and life coaching and all that good stuff. And so they offer wonderful pers- perspective on what we're talking about today. And they probably know a lot more than me, so which is good, so that they can fill in the gaps that I can stop calling and Leonard Nimoy, Richard Nimoy. I don't even right. know where that happened. <laughs> in our pre-talk, I kept I did saying Richard. They were looking at me like, who's this Richard guy you're talking right. about? And I don't know where Richard Nimoy even came from. Maybe my next son will be named Richard. Right, okay, there you go. But no, so they'll keep me on track when I say the wrong names or randomly insert R2-D2 and they're like, hey man, that's the wrong star. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a different star. (laughs) Star Wars. Um, So basically we'll give time just to have you guys maybe introduce yourselves a little bit, talk about um, your background, you can talk about your your life background, skill sets, how long you've been in the field, and whatever information you think would be cool for the people to know. So let's start with Bruce. Okay, um, I'm Bruce Bridges. 
um, the, uh, psychotherapist at a mental hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been practicing since, gosh, 1992. Wow, long time. Yeah, I actually started out as a psychiatric nurse and then moved toward being more of a psychotherapist. But uh, uh, let's see, I, I grew up in the southeast and uh, lived all my life here. And Star Trek was one of the first shows that I fell in love with. Yeah. And I think it really helped change my mindset and my life and, uh, and, and made me more cosmopolitan in a yes, sense. Yes, <laughs> of course, yes, definitely. With all the diversity on the ship and yep. the different worlds that were represented. Mm-hmm. How about you, Vahid? Uh, my name is Vahid Sadegi. I'm a psychotherapist, marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. I have been in practice um, probably close to the same time as Bruce since 1993. I received my graduate degree in California and moved to Atlanta in 1994. I've been working with families and young adults and couples and anyone that has any emotional issues that I could help. And Star Trek has influenced me in many ways, so hopefully we get to talk about that. In a absolutely, bit. absolutely. You two guys, um, I I didn't realize what, well, I did for Bruce. I mean, Bruce has a major collection, um, <laughs> but I didn't realize for Vahid as well that he was such a Trekkie. And so it's been awesome to have the four of us come together and just participate in this uh, in this uh, uh, convention. So. Um, I, I, I'm I'm really glad to have you here, Thank both you. of you, and I Thank really you. appreciate you both. I wish you all could see his face right now. He's so geeked. I don't know. I, can't, I know. You know, he I know. Doesn't I'm get like, this excited I'm like when I energized. come to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All right. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with with Dr. David. Um, you know, your thoughts, your ideas. You had some questions and stuff you want to kind of pitch to us and kind of get us started with our conversation of men's psychology and, and Star Trek as a whole. Right. Well, first of all, I, you know. For me, Star Trek is about diversity, and it's about how you know there is strength in, in diversity and, and, and people getting along with each other and, and having a, the right mindset of you know working together. And gee, if we could get the planet to actually live like Star Trek, we'd all pretty much be okay. Of course, we'd be under attack by the Borg <laughs> or the Klingons, or whoever got mad at us for whatever, right? But I have some questions, and I just want you to think about your lives, um, not only as um, therapists, but also in your past and, and, and how you relate to Star Trek. Who is your favorite character? Um, why don't we go there first, and maybe we'll talk about that, and who'd like to volunteer? Okay. Uh, um, it, I know this sounds like a cop-out answer, but I have more than one favorite character. I mean, I guess ultimately it would be uh, Captain Kirk. But my first character that I really fell in love with was Spock. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, because see, when I'm, I won't tell you my age, but I was old enough to watch the show in real time <laughs> when it came out, and so I was a very young child. And I just liked the logic and reasoning of mm-hmm. Spock. And but as the show went on, and I grew a little older, I became to appreciate uh, McCoy and of course Kirk. And, uh, and I guess ultimately Captain Kirk kind of embodies both Spock. Kate McCoy, and it's kind of a blend between the two, and so I guess ultimately he's my favorite, but I love all three. <laughs> yeah, the, um, so why do you think that Spock really, um, if you go a little bit further, you know, what what did he do for you? 
it was, um, a, I guess it was a couple of things. One was that he was just very rational and calm and logical. And, and then, of course, I always thought, uh, I guess fairly on in the series that, that let it known that he was uh, half human, you know, half alien. And I thought, wow, that's, that's wow, kind of unique and, and cool. And, and, and so those two aspects at first was what drew me to him. And then later, some other things, which maybe we'll talk about later. So um, just offhand, what sort of uh, therapy do you practice? Well, mostly I'm doing group therapy at the right, hospital. Right, right. What was your favorite um, methodology? I remember when I first met you. Yeah. <laughs> what was well, it? Yes, yeah, so it was cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. And and in, to uh, Daniel's credit, he helped remind me that you know I need to uh, add some psychodynamic to it, and I always had a little bit of interpersonal experiential to it, and just how I taught it basically, but. Um, you really did significantly help me and a little bit more modify that, that psychotherapy. So I, I, I use a lot of that psychotherapy in that setting because of the, well, because of the setting, but also because of that logical, rational thing right. that I like from right. Spock. Wouldn't Spock be the yeah. awesome, um, the best like yeah. cognitive ther- right. Right. Uh, therapist? You know, like, right. uh, that's illogical. Right, right. right. <laughs> just think you know, straight. Your thoughts are just illogical. <laughs> right. Okay, get over it. And, right, right. Or I'll give you a Vulcan pinch, okay? Right, right. <laughs> but then I added to it and modified it through through your help and guidance, and and I felt like I've improved and modified and kind of integrating more the McCoy and the uh, yes, Captain right, Kirk yes, into the character. emotional part, right? right. <laughs> and then the and the balance of the blend between the two with Captain Kirk. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. How about you, Vahid? What did you? Re- uh, who resonated with you and why? Um, the truth is, they're equally. Wonderful. So Jim Kirk and Spock equally yes. for me are my favorites. And more importantly, the connection and the friendship um, I yearn for, and I'm glad I have that with you guys. I just like the fact that they can disagree and still at the end of the day save each other's lives and, right, absolutely. and be perfectly right. great friends. Now, I grew up with um, the original series, but to be honest, in the past, five, six years as the new movies came out, the yes. last three, and the new actors um, taking on the roles just reignited my passion and interest even more. Mostly because I'm into the future. I'd love to hang around and see what 300 years from now looks like. <laughs> yes, when we all, right? So yeah. the, uh, the wonderful special effects that they um, have at their disposal and the storylines have really affected me deeply. I just so love you, the way they connect. So you like the new characters. I really yeah. like the new characters. Yeah, it, I hope the younger generation really gets a hold of this. Yeah. And especially with Discovery coming out on uh, CBS, in, yeah, I guess, wait. soon. Yeah. You know, I hope... We saw some awesome uh, costumes and, and, and some really great stuff that's going to be featured on the new Discovery. But I just really hope the young people get into it as much as the older generation. And, and yes, I wish we all could hang around for 300 years and figure it out, right? <laughs> Find out. Yeah. How about you, John? What do you like? Um, I, I think uh, we were talking about a pre-show. I, I feel bad because everybody's kind of got the same characters. I was like, man, I need to get into a deeper pool of uh, Star Trek them. But uh, for me, I mean, definitely, hands down, probably Spock. 
um, new Spock, old Spock, uh, alternate dimension, alternate dimension Spock, uh, whatever that was. Um, I think just because for me, um, being of, I guess, mixed lineage, right, so Vulcan and human, um, there's always been that, that tension within me being a part of a culture, the greater culture, so it's, you know, the, the, the ship culture, the, the culture of, I guess, humans and whatever other race of people or alien uh, race that they run into, the, the, I guess it's, I don't know, the enterprise, what's the overall, like, Federation, Federation, right, so yes. the Federation is a hodgepodge of all different types of characters, all different types of people, groups, everything's represented. And oftentimes when you get in environments like that, it's easy to kind of bend towards the over, overall culture or try to fit in or, or assimilate or whatever the case may be with the dominant culture. And I think Spock did a good job of uh, staying relevant and staying true to himself as a Vulcan and partially human or whatever the case may be. I think on the show, most of his Vulcan characteristics kind of, you know, uh, dominated him. Um, but at the end of the day, there wasn't a lot of times that I saw where he was like, you know what, I'm going to not identify as Vulcan or I'm going to tone down the Vulcanness or I'm going to do something different to kind of fit in with the overall culture um, of, you know, the, I guess, the, the, the Federation, you know what I mean? He, was, right. he did his thing. And so I think for me resonating as growing up, uh, watching, the, of course, the reruns and, and things of that nature and, and now the new movies, it, it gives me um, hope that one day, you know, my kids, myself, when we grasp the idea that man, you can be authentically, authentically you, as well as kind of you know engage in other cultures, engage in other social environments, social settings, without having to dumb down who you are. Um, I think that that just resonated with me. Like man, one day I hope to to be in a culture and to live in a place where that type of thing, where I could just be myself, um, and not have to mask, not have to code switch. We may get into that a little later, or even another pop episode. But just right. not having to to feel awkward when. I'm the only person that has my background, that looks like me, has right. these pointed ears, has, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right. has this disposition, whatever it looks like. And so I, I always thought that was cool that, that his character existed in that world. That's cool. And I guess uh, I'll ask you later on to share your experience with, with um, Michelle. Oh, yeah, okay. Michelle, yeah, and Michelle Nichols, we met her, yeah, that was an yeah. awesome time, too. So before you ask your question, yeah. I, my favorite character, I mean, I was born, uh, obviously, like Bruce, I don't want to give away too much information, mm. but, uh, you know, I was born in the, the original series uh, generation, but I really loved The Next Generation, and I wholeheartedly uh, resonated with uh, Picard. Um, he was commanding. Uh, you know, he took charge, but he also had real deep emotions. He was very loving, very understanding, more like a father figure. And, you know, I saw him, you know, through the episodes, through the years, especially when I was studying in England, I, I didn't have TV. Um, and so my sister would send me the Next Generation DVD sets. I couldn't buy them over there because of the region thing. But um, they, they basically, I would watch them over and over. I, I mean, I probably watched them a thousand times or more. And um, the uh, Picard really, I really resonated with him. And he really, uh, I, I think, showed that there was um, a way to bring people together in a ship and deal with difficulty, deal with, um, you know, like in the hero's journey, the, diverse, uh, the adversity. And, you know, at the end of the day, do a good job, you know, and, and overcome all the problems that were either on the ship or facing the ship, you know. So Picard really stood out to me. May I interject um, and add to what you just said about yes. Next Generation? Yes, There's an episode where Data is being considered for disposal 
I don't remember the details as to why the company wanted to get rid of him. Maybe the new model was coming out and it was an old machine. So there's a boardroom meeting with Captain Picard and um, number one, I believe, um, the ship's psychologist, right. and then two or three people from the company on the other side discussing what's going to happen to Data. Yeah. So after much debate, Data had something to say, and what he said is what I've shared with my patients, and was profound. He said, he's been around humans long enough where he's able to feel, mm. and just because of that reason, they did not dispose of him, because he would be almost like a human, right. because he feels, mm. which is what makes us different than machines. Yes, right. Yeah. And I love the fact that they tap into the human values and human goodness and um, it's nice to know that 300 years from now that's still yeah. going strong <laughs> yeah, yeah. right love respect acceptance friendship all that good stuff yeah, and it's, it's interesting so many psychological themes and so much science Bruce and I have been talking about that a lot so much real science um, that has kind of been implemented and things coming to into being now is a nanotechnology and uh, just different things with time travel well maybe not time travel but just you know, go through, is any solid state recording was yeah. introduced in the original series, and now we have it in all our phones and computers. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that, and that's great because there's a lot of even psychological um, things that have you know come out of the show. Um, the pieces kind of we just mentioned the friendship piece, the um, you know people just working together, uh, the themes of you know just men, a bunch of men on the ship, and it not being everybody just beating each other across the head, right? You know right. what I mean? Right. You know, we leave it to pop culture, even some feminist things. You think that you know there's a lot of things that. That are, that are happening, that happen with Star Trek that um, go right, and, and men are capable of doing things. Men are capable of ex exploration and, and having um, sympathy and, and not destroying um, data um, because he's saying he can feel, you know, and, and just pressing past the the need to destroy uh, without building, without, you know, uh, encouraging, without growing. And I think, you know, episode after episode and up until this date, you can just see men's development, men's psychology just interweaving all throughout the, the TV shows and the movies. You know, I see that as in, okay, so the original series had Spock, and then we went to the next generation who had Data. Then we also had Tuvok in the uh, Voyager, and then uh, we had um, uh, uh, Seven of Nine, yeah. uh, Seven of Nine, and, and, and Tuvok, right. and Seven of Nine. Right. And the whole the whole thing was, you know, logic versus emotion, mm -hmm. and I think in the fifties, the fifties man was had had the more I got to be tough, I got to you know the stiff stiff upper lip kind of mentality, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, and and of course that made America great in some cases, but on the other hand, there was a lot of abuse that happened when men denied their emotions and their feelings. And all of those characters showed a struggle that went from the coldness and, and, and squashing feelings, right? Um, especially with, um, you know, in the new, in the, the last series, I mean the new, the last, the most recent movies with Spock uh, as a young boy fighting off those other boys who were then, um, you know, badgering him because he was half human and of course emotional right right and yet the whole all of these characters came into their fullness when they got in touch with their real feelings they actually became human but also more authentic more real 
and you build a sort of love for them uh, because you see them struggle with with you know shutting down their emotions or denying their emotions or rejecting their emotions to and, and only staying in that logic brain and I'm going to be tough kind of brain like the Borg you know it's like you know um, you know no feelings nothing you know just a a robot basically or or android right. um, but uh, but they all come into their own uh, when they get in touch with their feelings and so to me. The psychology of Star Trek is about that trend, transition, that growth, and for men, I think we really need to get a hold of that message and understand that, you know, emotion is not something we rule out and push out of our lives. It's what we bring into our lives. It's the color palette on on an artist, um, the colors on an artist's palette. So I just resonated with that very much. So you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. I agree with that. <clears throat> it's that balance between you know reason and logic and, and feeling and emotion that um, that truly makes us unique and human. Um, having worked with um, a lot of adolescents coming from troubled families uh, for years, and then growing up to be young adults, and then <clears throat> excuse me, fathers, I have pretty much seen how they have to stuff those emotions in order to survive right. gangs or mm-hmm. the rough childhood they have. So giving them permission and validating their feelings has been one of my main goals to make them feel okay about all that they feel. And they, at the end of it, fall in love with themselves. Mm-hmm. And they like themselves and their confidence grows. And um, they parent themselves the way that maybe nobody else was there to do. Go ahead. Okay. You sure? Yeah. All right. No, I was just thinking that um, in in my experience, I think it, it kind of it's similar to you know just the Enterprise or any other ship that's in in this, the series when you have a group of people that are collective coming together mm-hmm. and using their their skills and their strengths um, and what they're good at to kind of save the day or keep sure. all the ships firing like they're supposed to, to keep the shields up to keep the mm-hmm. um, keep the ship going in the direction it's supposed to go in. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, the young men that I um, interact with don't have that that type of uh, guidance or don't know what you know what they do or what comes to them naturally can be developed in such a way that it's it's done for good you know and it doesn't have to be you know like when you think when you guys mentioned gangs it's like yo you can always find a way for that boy to get his energy out in a gang like hey you're gonna do this you're gonna do that right, da, 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 right. and they always have a place yeah but when it comes to mainstream society there's so many barriers sometimes to certain things especially even like we've talked about another podcast expecting boys to sit still for five hours straight in the classroom mm-hmm. right and then that becomes a source of failure and different things and so i like the way you know star trek is good at yo this is what you're good at these are your skill sets and if you can do something else all right cool but just do what you do and we don't have too many expectations for you to move in outside of that right. you know damage him i'm a doctor not a, you know what i'm saying <laughs> right. right so right. you are right 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 <laughs> you know and so just finding finding yourself in that it's almost like a, just do you um and live your life and it's oftentimes i have to explain to a lot of young men like hey um despite what you know, the culture may give you, man, you don't have to buy into things that you're not. We've talked about on other episodes where I've battled for years being Tupac or Theo Uxtable, you know, and I think right. sometimes it's a time for Tupac and sometimes it's time for Theo, mm-hmm. um, but I'm neither one of those, right? I'm John Parker, and so I can I can do me, I can live my life, I can, um, you know, just live by the principles that I think are good for me to live, and I don't necessarily have to, you know, 
command a different part of the ship I'm not good at. And still feel belong. And still feel belong, right. Absolutely. So, you know, as we're shifting towards, you know, our experience at the Star Trek convention and what we felt and saw and, and what we heard from the characters, I was, um, and, and to continue on with what John just brought out, it's um, sitting and listening to Sir Patrick Stewart um, live and, and in front of us, that was pretty awesome, right? It was really exciting. And he talked about his own growing up and how he um, lived in a, in a family or a home with an alcoholic father who was severely alcoholic because his father had been in Dunkirk, right? Mm-hmm. And had suffered tr- um, serious trauma and was never treated for it. And, you know, he, for years, um, uh, Patrick Stewart said that, you know, um, he would talk about his dad as this alcoholic and how, you know, Patrick had to really be tough and to kind of overcome. He was a survivor, complete survivor, and to protect his mother even, you know, expressed that. And, you know, uh, probably using the old English, you know, I've been to England and uh, understand that English, um, you know, stiff, stiff upper lip, you know, the um, the Winston Churchill kind of mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he got through and really uh, did a great job, uh, you know, making a life for himself. But many years later, he realized he didn't get that information that his father was uh, tr- severely traumatized. And he also didn't understand that um, uh, you know, the father didn't have a chance for treatment. Right. So now he speaks about not only battered women in homes, but he speaks for men who uh, have had trauma or, you know, were raised by a father who, uh, you know, either a present or absent father who, you know, might have been an alcoholic abusive. And, you know, that, that, that there is hope for men and that we can change and heal. So that was one of the things that I got out of yeah. uh, attending this Star Trek convention. Yeah, I found that interesting, too, and he said that that really was a, a game-changer for him, that he saw another perspective of the story of his family that he didn't know until recently, mm-hmm. and that um, and then that motivated him into, to promote, I can't remember exactly what he said, but ways to promote mental health treatment for people with PTSD. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah, there's a whole foundation that he's a part of in, in England, in the United Kingdom, yep. that uh, promotes mental health. So... Any any thoughts on some of the characters or the individuals that you met or what you heard from? The only thing left for me to add is in graduate school, I remember my professors talking about how technology will progress and the more that happens, the more need for human contact and resource and support. And again, to know 300 years from now, relationships have their ups and downs, especially with Spock and his girlfriend and um, the dynamics there are no different than <laughs> what I deal with with couples that I treat. It's just nice to know that that need's still going to be existing right. and that we're not going to be extinct right? as therapists right. in exactly. the future. <laughs> as therapists. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that technology that helps us a lot, but it can't uh, replace you know, humanity contact, and the yeah. human consciousness and, yeah. and the emotion and relationship that we need. Right. I once wrote an article called Socially Networked Isolation, you know, um, based on all of the gaming and online stuff that we do every day, but people are more and more isolated. Right. Yeah. Not actually in the same room or touching. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And so I think it's important that we don't let, te- as much as we all kind of love the 
the, the cool science and the technology and the advancing of civilization. But we can't forget the, the need for human touch. Right, absolutely. You know, everyone needs a hug once in a while, right? Absolutely. And I, I like even Spock. Yeah, even Spock. The dynamics that are at play, I think, again, just on the ship and just in general, Federation just trying to make things work. It's you see that in that in this world in this in the realm that they're they're in, teamwork, community, community development, yes. um, pushing together for common goals is a theme that's you know that's prevalent throughout the the movies and the television shows and it's interesting to see that um if these parallels were the same in our world in the united states if everybody can get on the same page again using their skills for the greater good again uh taking lesser roles taking higher roles doing what needs to be done so that we can all move in the direction of health and goodwill we'd be a much better place and if i think we took cues from the show and i think the writers were intentional from the beginning uh with a diversity of cast with women with leading roles you know all these different things um we just we just need to do a better job here in the states i think of of being able to work with diversity mm-hmm. again whether Absolutely. it's cultural whether it's language whether it's background whether it's whatever um, so that we can all meet the goals and our objectives and I think they I mean it's just whenever there's trouble man everybody has to be at their station everybody's got to be right. doing their job if somebody needs to call the audible alright well, who's going to do what you know <laughs> unfortunately you have some expendables here and there with the red shirts uh, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying but even yeah, then yeah. they're willing to do their job and do their job well even if it meant debt you know uh, and I think that you know it's, it's just I don't know there's this small nuggets there that I don't know if people pick up um, just outside of being entertained you know we do this and we can look introspectively into stuff and we can kind of look into you know maybe some deeper meanings of things but I just it's every episode every show every every series had a diversity of cast it didn't matter if they were human or non-human and everybody did what they had to do right, you know absolutely. to make it work yeah. well I'm going to ask you then to share your experience with Nichelle because uh, that was amazing yeah uh, Nichelle Nichols man she's a icon in you know the black community just in terms of if I'm not mistaken, probably the first female. Would she be considered lead? I guess she had a pretty prominent role in the leadership. Right, she was always on the bridge. She was always commander on, on the yeah. bridge. Yeah, 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 commander on the bridge. And this is the '60s, right? Right. Um, and really, just being encouraged to uh, continue. I think uh, you, uh, uh, now you told me the story of uh, Nichelle meeting uh, Dr. King. Yes. Um, and her wanting to quit. Or was that Bruce? Yeah, you tell I was. Yeah, I told you too. Yeah. But uh, go yeah. ahead. No, uh, we are talking about it. Just the idea that that she wanted to quit. I don't know what the reasons why she wanted to quit. I don't know if she was just feeling she, pressured or she thought she was nothing more than a glorified telephone operator on the ship. Oh yeah, and okay. He, and I then remember. he meets her at him and 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 she's talking to him about you know I don't know if this role's right for me. I, I'm just a, basically just answering the phone and it seems a little stereotypical. And, and he said, No, 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 you are a person of uh, on a starship and in a command position. You're. Uh, had you know great influence in uh, uh, for the you know the, uh, the struggle <laughs> the race relationships and, mm-hmm. and and he really encouraged her to stay on the show and because she was greatly influenced and a role model for women for the, the African Americans at that time and and she and he changed her mind she stayed <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. she was. You know, did a great job, and then one day you grow up. Right, right, right. And right. you meet her. Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that's the, the amazingness of the situation. I How did I you feel about it? I was, I mean, it was, I was literally holding back tears just in the sense of just being in the presence of an icon. And again, you know, oftentimes we 
there's books about it like the fault in our stars and we kind of idolize stars and put people yeah. on a pedestal but I think for the you know it's to me it may not be as the same as like the uh, Little Rock Nine Arkansas Little Rock Nine or you know integration of things of that nature and getting the rock stone actually spit on but the fact that she was on TV she's the first interracial kiss right, you know what I'm yes. saying in American Between television Kirk history you know and all that type of stuff and it's it was a lot of things that she probably endured and had it not been for that conversation with Dr. King she might have just gave up and mm-hmm. who knows you know now now we have leading roles like Carrie uh, Washington um, in uh, Scandal um, and she, you know and that, that show is booming and right. it's on prime time and it's you know what I mean and so she Michelle Nichols paved the way for a lot of people to mm-hmm. kind of do the things that they're doing uh, especially people of color especially women um, and just be sitting in their presence man it was just like yo this is chills you know literally roll holding back the tears yes. you know and wanting to hug her and, and act like she was my auntie or something so. <laughs> yes absolutely uh, yeah, yeah. i got the chills and i was choking holding back tears too just sitting next to her and she signed our our, our her picture you mm-hmm. know and autographed it and it was just a wonderful experience you to think about a person who actually talked to dr king yeah. you know um, you're actually meeting this person, yeah. you know. Yeah. So connecting the dots, who who knew that we'd be here yeah. at a Star Trek convention in 2017? That's right, pretty right. awesome, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and then I got, not, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's not forget that all of us sat in the captain's chair. <laughs> yes. And have a higher self-esteem because of that. Yes, right, yes. Right, it's it, it kind of boosts your confidence sitting in that chair, right? It's like uh, I wanted to give out orders, but <laughs> well, I mean that's not too far from what you do anyway. Oh well, thank. Thank you. <laughs> I can own it, though. I can own it. <laughs> well, I met um, uh, William Shatner, too, and, and fortunately I was at the head of the line, just a few people ahead, and they always say that when you meet these celebrities, if you're like 200, number 200 in the back, <laughs> they're so tired of meeting people, they, they kind of look like zombies. So he was more animated with me, and mm-hmm. I was just amazed. First of all, it's incredible at 86, he looked so good, and yeah. you know, and he was warm coming into the room, and, but very commanding, and I was like, okay, that's the captain right there, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for men, um, he comes. He comes from a different era, you know. I think there was some objectification in, in, of women in uh, the original series, you know. Um, but uh, he did. He did uh, show what it meant to be, you know, this cowboy in space, you know, to deal with the unknown world. You know, we talk about the hero's journey in our podcast a lot, and you know, he would go into territory not knowing what to do and not knowing answers, yet fit, willing to face um, whatever is there. So for me, that, that was just a great experience of meeting him, and, and it was so pleasant. Uh, I was very happy to do it. So, you know, um, just because of time, I think we're unfortunately having a shorter session today because we've got to check out of the hotel. I just got a little notice on on, um, on my phone. But um, I just I just think that uh, it's wonderful having you both here. Thank okay. you for having us. Yes. And also, it's been awesome to be at the Star Trek convention and to meet all the characters and see all the wonderful people dressed up and just really enjoying one another. And I don't think I saw a rude person the whole in time, yeah. entire time I was there. That's why I wish we all lived in the Federation. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, no, I just think, uh, I mean, I think we said a lot. I think there's the the piece that I think is important, again, if, if, if you're not a Trekkie, if you're not a fan, go in and dive in. I think you can probably jump in at any point if you want to go to the original series or if you want to, I don't know, you guys have a starting point you think somebody should kind of engage. I mean, 
like this anywhere. It's all fundamentally the same kind of theme in all these shows about the, the promise of the future, working together, um, and, uh, and yet uh, diversity and yet equality among all genders, races, and the optimism towards the future and balancing the, the emotion and the reason. And so any of those are, have those kind of things. Yeah, and so yeah. wherever your age and whatever you're interested in, just check it out. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of books too. Of yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So well, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, for me, what got reignited was the last three recent movies. And anyone that has not ever heard about Star Trek or seen any, start with the first one because it shows Spock and Jim Kirk as children mm -hmm. and brings them up yeah. in front of you right. and uh, the three beautiful beautiful movies yeah. creative mind just hopefully we'll continue to make movies like that so we can continue to enjoy absolutely yeah. and just to our audience I, I think it's important to just throw out some points here for guys especially maybe who are familiar with Star Trek or aren't familiar with Star Trek if you're not familiar with it I like Fahid's suggestion to go and and and, and maybe Bruce's suggestion to go to the uh, you know wherever you like whatever you like as far as all the series but Vahid, I think it, it, it's a good thing to start out with the most recent one and then kind of work yourself backwards, right? And for guys, I think it, it would be helpful to figure out, like, which characters in, in the Star Trek universe you, might, you, uh, might resonate with you, what are their qualities of character, and, you know, what, what can you incorporate into your life? If it means a little bit because you're too emotional, being more like Spock and having the cognitive behavioral therapy that Bruce <laughs> does here, and um, or if it's if you're too much like Spock and too uh, on the um, brain side of or intellect side or, or, or uh, what's the word here that I'm thinking of um, intellectualizing. Yes, yeah. thank you. Then maybe you know you need to work on becoming a little bit more emotional. Mm -hmm. uh, just not as emotional as uh, Dr. McCoy yeah, because right. uh, Spock had, <laughs> had to deal with him all the time. But, but um, I think it would be a good idea to kind of use some characters here to kind of help uh, give you an example or a role model. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then I just encourage guys to engage with the shows and the movies and the books, you know, from a perspective of trying to grow and learn. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes these things become entertainment and it's easy just to get sucked into the fantasy of it all, the science of it all, the, mm -hmm. the you know, but to not really reflect and to really respond. Like, you know, like, we, again, it comes with the territory for us because it's what we do for a living. But just engage with it a little deeper. Don't just let it be something that you kind of like, oh, that was nice. Oh, that was a wonderful story. But like, where do you find yourself in the movie? What characters resonate with you? What psychological principles are at work just in terms of love and commitment and, 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 and coming together and working together um, and different things of that nature and see where you can glean and learn from that and, and apply that in your own life. Yes. Um, I know I've left this this weekend a changed man for sure um, from the interactions with, you know, stars to just us regular folks, the, the fans that we mentioned right. that are, you know, pretty polite. Uh, there were some people that worked for the company that could have used a little hug or something. <laughs> right. I don't yes. know, maybe there was time it was a long weekend. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, man, you can't leave a place like this um, and not be changed, you know, unless you just came to get drunk, I guess, and, you know, chase women or whatever, but if you came to... That's a, in the Luxor. And that's, yeah, that that's wasn't at the convention. Situation, right? But if you came to Interspecies. What happens if mating? Vegas stays in Vegas? That's it, right, 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 right. No matter what's happening, it's here. Uh, right. so this get under be, Egyptian hair. <laughs> this would be, a, uh, you know, something that we'll just leave for the storybooks. Yes. Uh, maybe the future generations will come experience it themselves. Yes. Um, well, I'm John Parker. And I'm Dr. Daniel David. And this has been... A 
of Myths and Men. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a Myths and Men podcast. If you or someone you know may be in need of therapeutic or counseling services or even life coaching, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our contact phone number is 770-674-0553. You can also reach us via email at contact at ofmythsandmen.com. That's contact at ofmythsandmen.com. Our web address is ofmythsandmen.com. And again, that's spelled ofmythsandmen.com. Thank you for listening.